Just Okay Podcast Studios from the luxurious Advices location. They are very, it is very luxurious here. This is the Just Okay Podcast, a podcast about trying. And what was just okay about your week? Realizing that I don't know anything. <laughs> but will... it's, it's just okay because it is both disheartening and relieving. Well, I don't, I don't have to know you, anything. I'll remind you what we said last week, which I, upon listening back to our podcast from last week, the most impactful thing was, you already knew this, you just forget. You already knew that you didn't know anything. You just forget sometimes. Right, and the forgetting part is the just okay part. Yeah. It'd be nice if I remembered a little more often. It's just less stressful. To remember or to forget? If I were to remember, it would be less stressful. Because the forgetting and then the remembering, oh, that gap yeah. between the two... Like causes upheaval every time you yeah, remember because again that you I don't for- know anything. Right, when I forget that I don't know anything, then I think I know something. And that can be both outwardly disturbing, depending on who I talk to... And inwardly very disturbing upon realizing that I don't know anything. It's like I'm just waking up and realizing <gasps> I don't know anything. And over and over again. How was your week? Uh, my week was fine. I thought of two things that were just okay. One is the weather. It's just okay. It's too hot. But I refuse to complain about the heat because I decided some at some point in the last maybe three or four years, I decided that I actually prefer hot to cold. So I will not complain about the heat. My complaint is actually the cold within the heat. So when our AC started kicking on a lot more often and I started walking into the house and then being freezing inside my house, which is how I spend the entire summer and it's miserable and I hate it. I know that about you. You know that about me. So that was just okay. Like that I, I don't necessarily want it to be fall or cold like I don't care but it's just that it can't decide Virginia weather can't decide what it's doing which is also typical of September but still it's October now it's uh, oh it is October I actually just wrote that down um I had another thing that was just okay and now it's escaped me so the good news this won't happen again because 10 episodes in and I had the idea earlier today I need to have a notebook, and wouldn't you know it, I found one. So now I have a notebook that I can write these things down, and I won't be forgetting anymore. I, I think that's a really good idea, because my just okay notes are in my... Just regular notebook? Just my regular notebook, so I have to kind of sort through. That is how mine are as well. So I have been... Sometimes I'll print something out, like if I'm reading questions for the podcast or something like that, I'll, I'll print something out, and I'll just make my other notes on that paper. And I've just been throwing them away, <laughs> because what? that's what I do. I don't do that. Um, I know you don't do that. <laughs> then other times I will write notes in my big sketchbook where people sometimes mistake me for an artist. I'm not an artist. I just don't like lines on my paper. You're an artist with words. I mean, that if you don't like lines on your paper, that seems artistic. Um, it was funny. One time I brought my giant sketchbook that I just use as like a scribble journal, whatever. Brought it to therapy and my therapist Lisa was like, oh do you sketch? And I said, no, I just don't like lines on my paper. And this is the only, and she like stopped me before I even finished. and was like, you, you don't need that. that <laughs> you don't need to explain it. That says did all she I say, need to know. I know this about you. No, she didn't say that. My therapist says that regularly. Really already? I, oh, that's like I nice know, and homey feeling. It is. But also I'm not that hard to read. <laughs> 
when I go like some head spinning weird explanation and like get stuck in my head. I know this about you. That's funny. Oh, I remembered what it was. My journaling practice. So my birthday was a little over a week ago. You gave me a journal for my birthday and I started and I have done a few things with it. So number one, you're supposed to write in, in the morning and at night. I am a hundred percent for the morning. I have committed myself. High High five. five. I have committed myself to not being on my phone at all until after I journal in the morning. And I have been putting my phone on airplane mode before I go to bed. So I don't put it like, so I will look at my phone like to see the time or something when I wake up in the morning, but I will not take it off airplane mode and I will not look at any of like the notifications and things until after I have journaled in the morning. But what's just okay about that is that I'm not a hundred percent for nighttime writing. If you were to look at my journal, you'd feel like you're doing better than just okay. Okay. There are no nighttime entries. I don't compare myself to you. I compare myself to me. Fair enough. Well, I am comparing myself to me and I'm less than just okay. Well, at first I was keeping it downstairs and was trying to write before I went upstairs to go to bed. And then I was bringing it upstairs. And like, I just haven't, it's not committed to memory that I have to do it yet. So it doesn't matter if it's upstairs or downstairs. It's, it needs to be. Well, I need to be more consistent at night, but it's okay because the nighttime, I just then fill it in then in the morning. <laughs> oh, so you're like a little bit of a cheater. Well, yeah, because it's like... If it's, I don't fill it in, it's oh, done. Oh, you don't. No, time's oh, no. up. Oh, no. I go back and fill it in. Well, you're completest. Well, because it's just the night before. It's not like it's days. If it was days, I wouldn't go back. But I feel like I'm in a different mindset the next morning. Oh no, I'm basically always the same. Really? <laughs> I think so. Oh, I, my... I'm pretty objective about what was good about the three things that were good about the day or what could have made it better. Pretty objective from day to day. I'm fairly subjective about everything that I put in there. Oh, well, just the one way in which we're different. The every other way. way. The uh, Every other exactly way. We're the exactly same. the same. That's but the this one is the one. We found it. The one difference between you and I. You're you and me. Us. Us. Wait, no, I gotta figure it out now. You and me. You and me. And the beat. Go great together. Shout out if you know that. Live and Maddie reference. Yeah. All right. Is there a child down here? There was, but she left. She got upset with us that we were recording and walked back upstairs. Was it the first Sammy, are you still over there? Oh. Maybe she went back upstairs. The second born? She might revisit us. I didn't warn them that we were recording tonight. Well, they should know it's... A day in the week in which we record. I like to keep the time frame a mystery. Mm, you're so mysterious. <laughs> I know that about you. I know that about you. <laughs> People say that about me all the time. That's funny. Do you have any ideas? Um, I don't have any ideas, but I have a question for you. I would like to inquire as to how your writing is going. So, I will give you an answer. Okay. In my ideas for the week okay i do have a follow-up question which is maybe more of a topic related okay well then i'll just answer it yeah yeah, yeah. i'll just answer it and then we can talk later yeah so i've been writing philosophically heavy for the last two to three weeks i love that i hate that i know um so i have not been writing my vignettes my fiction right because of the result of oh, writing philosophy. Wait, sorry, I just had an idea that must be documented. When you get done with your vignettes, can you please, when you 
put them all together, find a way for the title to be Little Vines. Oh. I mean, it just has to. Or I could just keep it vignettes and then make it about Little Vines. Maybe that'll be my second story. Oh, this somehow, one already has a title. Somehow Little Vines has to be... Okay, we there. can probably still... I can probably still work that in. Okay. Sorry. Derailed so, you. at some point, I got sick of myself and had to write... Start writing fiction again. Because I needed a break from myself, I realized that what I needed was to reach a flow state of some kind okay. or somewhere where my mind wasn't so busy in the other way. And so, Not with writing, but just in general. Yes, but also with writing. Okay. So they, they kind of go hand in hand, which I'll explain in just a second. But, so, I did write a small portion of a vignette that's connected to the greater story yesterday. So I'm going back to it because I feel much better writing that because it can be anything right. and it doesn't have to solve any problems or discover the purpose of life or have anything to do with my values or framework and blah, 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 blah. Yep. So what's your follow-up question? Oh, it's not related. Like, I mean, it's related to writing, but it, it will take you off a different path. So I don't want to okay. say it yet. So... My idea for the week, and this was reinforced by my therapist today, was that I need to get out of my mind into my body. Yeah. And what I realized is this two to three week span of circular thought and trying to figure out the purpose of life and just general existential angst was coincidental or not coincidental, probably caused by not exercising. Ah. Because I was out of my body. Oh my gosh, we forgot. This is definitely something we've already known before and we forgot. I know everything, which is to say that I know nothing, but I can't I can't remember it. Oh my gosh, how did I not pinpoint that sooner? So, I started lifting again last weekend and I've got a few days in and then when it really came to me was last night, I yeah. went to jujitsu and got beat up multiple times yeah. and I couldn't think of anything else. I could only stay in my body right. trying to not get choked. And that <laughs> was extremely successful. There was a guy that I was sparring with that weighs at least 300 pounds. You prefer to use the term sparring and not rolling? Well, we were not rolling. I mean, so, so we did takedowns first, okay. Okay. but then we were rolling, but I... No, it's fine. I don't it's think fine. I'm rolling. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting rolled, maybe, but I am not rolling. I okay, am. That's, yeah, that's fine. I'm hand fighting, trying like to it. breathe. It's awesome. Trying to protect my neck from getting choked. Anyway, at some point, he like. Big guy. Yeah, he stacked. Like, I had my legs around him or something. He stood up and then stacked my knees on top of my Ooh, chest uh-huh. and laid on me. Oh, awesome. And I had to tap to. Excessive weight. I don't. I don't know. Like not being able to breathe from just being stacked up. Oh. But what I'm saying is, it was perfect. I know. You came home so happy. So happy because it took me out of everything. It reminded in my mind. me, and it. I mean, you haven't gone a ton of times, but every time you've gone, I have been reminded of for years and years. You. We had an agreement that you could go play soccer. 
on for a while it was Saturday mornings and then it was like a Friday nights or whatever it was but like there's always been like always like that's a non-negotiable you get to go play soccer and I will always like help you do that say yes whatever the the uh agreement needs to be or whatever I can't think of another word but whatever um and it reminded me of that like you haven't been playing soccer as much because your knees hurt when you play and so you now that has just transferred over to that compromise that agreement has has transferred over to jujitsu and every time you go I feel the same way about when you come home how you how you feel and how you are when you get home yeah and I I think I felt it most it's been several weeks since I've been because of tattoo and being sick and then going out with friends or whatever yeah and so going back and being extremely physical and present because I was trying to protect myself was very helpful and also illuminating to the fact of, oh yeah, this is what helps me feel better if I get out of my head. And then today at therapy, I kind of talked about all this stuff I've been going through over the last few weeks and Diana, my therapist (laughs) with two ends. Not your wife. Not my wife. She just said, how do you, like, where do you feel that in your body? And I was like, well, I feel it in my chest. And so we got to talking about my dad having a heart attack and me turning 40, Whoa. like this, right? Like, and, and she said, it's just your mind telling you these things. This, none of this is, none of this is real. But what she asked me to do and I've been doing today is when my mind gets to spinning, think about my chest and opening my chest. And because it gives my mind something to do, yeah, I get out of my mind. And then also the stress or the tightness or whatever I'm feeling kind of relieves itself. Wow. Anyway, so my idea was get out of my head and into my body. Wow. She yeah. recommended yoga. Which I think would be awesome and you love that. Yeah. I, that, made, that, has made, that has given me two thoughts. One is we discussed at some point in the last week that when we both start to spin or one or the other, like we'll send each other a text and ask some deep and unanswerable bullshit, bullshit <laughs> like just asshole question. Or when we have conversations at night or whatever it is that we just need to ignore, not ignore, but we need to look, ignore the question or ignore what's being said and just look at each other and say, meditation, that's it. Meditation. We don't get to ask these questions anymore. We, because we already know that we know the answers and we also know that we don't know the answers and it doesn't matter anyway. We just have to meditate because every book you ever read and every, everything we ever do, it all leads back to meditation. Like it just all does. Like it was, it was painful and also wonderful last night when I was reading the Enneagram book and it talked about like the first, the the three steps or the three things that knowing about the Enneagram and sort of putting it to practice in your life, what it helps you to do. And the first one is to disidentify from whatever your number is, whatever your traits are. And the way to do that is meditation. And I was just like, MFR. Like, it's just like, it's everywhere. It's, it's all it is. Like every avenue points and leads back to, do you have a meditation practice? Do you meditate? Like all of it. So, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Like when you talk about giving your mind something to do, yes. like it's opening your, like you're telling it to open your, like you're just meditating. Like that's yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, you're just being <laughs> present and not, and, and staying out of all the other stuff. And it's interesting. And, and so it's good, I think, that we've gone through this recent pain because 
we've known about meditation for... Forever. Well, forever. Yes. And at times, at least I have attempted to have a practice and it hasn't worked very well. Um, or it just it kind of hit or miss. You have but been this, more just okay about it than I, I have been. But I not, have also tried it. We're not comparing ourselves. That's right. That's what I learned earlier in the podcast. Oh, did your co-host tell you not to compare yourself she to did. the other co-host? She did. Oh, she's smart. She's super smart. So... But this time, I feel like because I can feel the difference, because I'm, it's such a drastic change yes. from spinning and spinning and then going into meditation and feeling that difference, that it's working a little better and I'm being wow. a little more regular about it. Now, I will forget it all again. That's right. And go through the same cycle. But for now, I think I've, fingers crossed, I've left <laughs> behind the existential cycle and part of that is getting into my body. Interesting. That makes me, the second thing I think about is what is the equivalent in my life? And not that getting into my body doesn't work also because it does, but you and I don't have the same relationship to physical exertion and our bodies. It's just not the same. I, I would like to make a critique of why. Sure. I have an idea as to why. You don't know how to push yourself That's to the limit. fair. 100, and so yeah. I don't think that you get the same clarity or pure presence because you can't or you don't I, I don't know the reasons but you so, don't push yourself to the point of feeling like you're going to throw up not that you need to get that far no no, but, no but I know I know what you're referring to and I think part of why that is I'm wondering how specific this is but I am an extrovert and you are an introvert so when you talk about or when I when I think about the the way you are and sort of your mood and attitude when you come home from playing soccer or in jiu-jitsu or when you come in from the gym having lifted alone, not with all the other bullshit of kids being around, but like if you actually get to go out there and lift alone, like when I think about how you are when you come in, that seems equivalent to how I am after I am out and socially with people. Right. Agreed. So, we don't because it is the, because it's the true sense of extroversion versus introversion, which is where do you where do you recharge? Where do you gain your energy? And I get mine from other people and from being not other people, but from being with other people. So when I think about the times that I like, there are days where I'm having a horrible day, and then I get to go to practice for two hours, and when I come home, I'm in a great mood because I got to go and be with people. I got. So that's my version of getting out of my mind and into my body. Um, it makes using those exact words words make makes more sense with what you're doing than necess- than what I'm doing. But it what I'm doing is just getting out of my head. I'm not really getting anywhere else because for me, I just have to get out. Well, of and my that's head. a physical thing, though. You're you're physically with people, and so <laughs> yeah. that may be your body going another place so that you can't just ruminate right. in your head. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, as the great Richard Rohr says, the healing is in the return. Yeah. And I feel like every time I forget and then remember that I don't know anything, I am newly motivated. Yeah. And I, I do think I learned through this process a little bit more. And I don't know why I keep forgetting the Enneagram book talks a lot about trying to not forget because it recognizes the pattern of what they call waking up 
and then eventually you go back to sleep. Right. And then you repeatedly have to wake up again. And I think that's part of just living life. You just repeatedly forget things and remember things. But I'm interested to see what the strategies are for staying awake for a longer period of time from the Enneagram book. And one of that, actually, I'm reading this section now on some of the modern originators of the Enneagram. And one of them specifically talks about the that we are machines, essentially, and we have to wake up to our machineness and how to stay awake. So I probably would be, after I'm done with this one, would be interested to read more of his writings because that specifically is interesting to me. Yeah. Very. Any other ideas? No. Like that was that was it. I, I'm. It's so funny that that was ideas was going to be one of our recurring topics on the podcast because we always have so many ideas. And now that we have actually started to like try to write them down and talk about them, they're not actually as frequent as we thought. And I think we have less ideas during these downtimes too. We're just not in that space of creativity yeah. and thinking of new things. We're just kind of trying to stay afloat every day. And get through the day. So I think that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We needed some sort of catchy music between now. Our transition to the topic. And then to the topic. Yeah. Which is. Not that. That, That's not. You don't like my like. Topic. Topic. Oh, do the, do the, what's the. Johnny Pemberton. (laughs) Like the terrible radio DJ Yeah, maybe we should do that. That's a good idea. (laughs) We'll add that in. Okay. This week's topic is TMI. Too much information. One of your favorite acronyms. Oh my gosh. I was about to explain how much I hate it. So thank you so much for knowing that about me. I know that about you. You know that about me. I hate it when people say TMI. Oh, it drives me nuts. The biggest reason why I hate it is because to me, there is no such thing. I would agree with that. And I think that we agree with that specifically in regards to how the phrase TMI is used. Correct. So the topic today, we will discuss that there is such a thing as too much information. And we have a new idea of what that is for ourselves. A new appreciation, a new appreciation for, for what it is. But you're right. It The reason we hate it and the reason we don't believe in it is because of the way that it's used. I think about the fact that I was raised in a family with, I had, there were, at any given moment, (laughs) there were six women in the house that I lived in and three men. And I have a distinct memory of there being a box of tampons on the table at some point and my dad just being appalled that there was a box of tampons on the table. It's not like it was a box of like open used tampons. It's like a closed box of tampons from the store that someone <laughs> hadn't taken up to the bathroom. And he's like, Bleh. and I'm sure he didn't, I, I can't actually remember if he said anything. Cause I'm like, my dad was not a, not a big talker, but I'm sure, I'm sure he must've made some comment or sound or gave a look or something. Cause this has stuck out to me. Like I have remembered this all these years later. And I also remember that I was not of period having age. So they weren't my tampons. <laughs> you and were so not guilty. I was not guilty. And I just, in the back of my brain, I think I somehow was just like, 
Well, that seems ridiculous. He has five daughters and a wife. There's like, so many tampons in his house. How, how can you be offended by the sight of them? How can you be offended by the sight of them? You'd them, be like, offended all the time. All the like, you don't ever go in that middle bathroom, then, do you? Oh, like, just never. The tampon like, bathroom. <laughs> That's what he called it. Fair I'm enough. not going in that tampon bathroom. Yeah, I probably called it sanitary napkin <laughs> bathroom. Oh, that's horrible. Anyway, so yes, that kind of stuff. So like any sort of female reproductive, like I'm all on board with like ending the shame on that. Like women who hide the tampons up their sleeves of their shirts or their jackets while they walk to the bathroom because heaven forbid anyone know that they Do you they're like juggle on them on the way? Beard. Like do a full act? I don't, but I do bring up other methods that that are now much more widely available, and I try to make like it a very open and honest conversation with my children and with my friends and with like the teenagers that I coach when they ask me questions. Like, fifty percent or more of the population is women. We have periods. Why are we hiding these things? This is not too much information. It's just not right. And I think that we take it a step further because. So TMI is often used in a situation where the conversation... Yeah, sorry. I was a, like ranted uh, on that. No, it's but not actually I think what this is about. No, but. but it is. I think that that's a perfect example of it because TMI is a conversation about something that makes someone uncomfortable. And that's right. when they say TMI. Sorry, it's almost, sorry if this is TMI. Right. It's almost always something to yes. do with the body. And why are you apologizing sex, for it? Sex. Um, like, just too much information about yourself, your your health state, your mental health, any of these things that where where we are, and I think in general, we are, let's get into it. Tell me yes. more about that thing. What kind of period cup do you use? Like what what kind of... Talk dirty to me. My husband said <laughs> period cup on a podcast. But, but we, like, that is why we don't, and you, you've taught me to dislike it so much. I didn't really care about it, but right. because you dislike it so much, I think it's kind of funny. But because... We like to talk about that stuff because it's real, like, details. Yeah, like and plus, it's, it's about bodies. Like, we all have them. It's just not, yeah, it's just not that big of a deal. Like, I just can't, I, I can't get behind that. I, can't I don't know if the there's ever been a situation where someone said TMI, uh, sorry, TMI, after they said something, and I've agreed with them. No, I, I don't believe I have ever agreed I'm with trying to think of, like, in, like, that. a business situation, but I'm not different at work. I mean... I am different. Like, I'm not going to probably initiate a conversation about that. But if someone else is sharing something about that, I'm not, I'm probably not going to say TMI or be bothered by it. I just, I, I don't know. That, in general, those kind of discussions don't bother me. And, in fact, are way more interesting than talking about the weather, like, or whatever other nonsense, small talk conversation yeah. you're going to have. Who was it that wanted to talk? Oh, Andrew wanted to talk on the podcast about small talk. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm <laughs> we'll having leave, ideas we'll again. Leave, we'll leave that to leave right. that to I don't want to get into the small talk conversation without Andrew. Oh, man. I anyway, so it's gonna be good. that's why you don't like the phrase TMI. I and I've sort of adopted. It. I think I've always. It also, just the sound, the like the actual sound that comes out of someone's mouth and that goes into my ears. This is like kind of shameful. <laughs> like I just, there's something about that. Because, like, if you say, sorry if this is too much information, that doesn't bother me in and of itself. Now, I may not agree with you that what you're going to say is too much information, but those words strung together are fine. But for whatever reason, when you say TMI, I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> Get out of my face with your TMI. Or I'm like, no. And I do, I say this every time. It's not going to be. No. I, I've, I've, yet to, I've yet to come across it. And I respect 
So we, in the context that we are discussing, the way that it is broadly used, because as we are about to say, there right. is a time, and it's not the time that anybody warns you about. <laughs> right. It's it's when they don't think it's TMI, but it is. But I don't want to get into that quite yet. What okay. I, I do want to say is that we've had I've had several conversations recently with people who have been have not announced TMI or anything like that, but they have asked sort of personal questions. And have prefaced it with um, either being thoughtful about the question or taking their time before they're asking it or asking permission. And I respect that kind of communication where you may be requesting TMI from someone else, but to preface it. But when we had that conversation... How did did Mary phrase it when we went out with them last week? She said... She said, are are all questions... Are there any off-limits questions or something like that? Like she was just like, oh, are there any questions that are out of bounds? I think is what she said. Are there right. any topics that are out of bounds? And you and I immediately, like, we couldn't have been faster than be like, no. Well, because... Nothing's because, out of bounds. No, because we're then so, I'm... We're now so excited for right. whatever you're going to ask. Because then I'm, like, peaked and I'm like, oh, what, what's this good. question going to be? It's going to get good. We're going to talk about real shit. Yeah, where, where are we going with this? Are, yes. Like, are we going to talk about mental health? Are we going to talk about childhood problems? Are we going to talk about sex? Like, what, what are we getting into? And so it's super exciting. And most times, it's all connected. Right. Oh, it's the best. All the stuff. So I I respect when people are thoughtful and will preface a question like that. But again, just as another example, that's probably never, I will probably never answer that with no, I, let me give you my list of things that are right. And that's sort of what I was thinking. Like it, it, I don't think there's any other way to to ask the question than the way she asked it. I, I really loved the way that she asked it, but I don't know that there is another way. Because you're right. Like, you have to have this, like, list. No, but I think some people but, will be like, I don't know. It depends on the question. Um, okay, that's fair. And I think that if it had been something that we thought was out of bounds or we were not comfortable sharing it, obviously we would have said that. Like, just because we were like, no, everything is fair game. Right. Doesn't <laughs> they, they mean like, that, oh, like, we're required to answer. We signed a disclaimer. Now we've got to answer it. But again, like, I just... Even if I couldn't fully articulate an answer, I still don't know that there's anything that anyone could ask me that I would not answer. That that isn't true. I realize that that's an exaggeration. There could be some... But for the people that I have a, a history of communicating with and connecting with, who are the people that I would assume are the only people that would try to ask me sort of deep and probing questions. Right. I don't believe, yeah. Like, there are certainly people that could ask me things that I'd be like, no, that's not your right. business. In the con- I don't need to in tell the, you that. Right. In the context of friends, I yeah. think is what I'm also yeah, yeah, talking yeah. to. There's right. someone random on the street. I'm probably... Well, if it's random on the street, I'm probably going to tell them whatever they want to know. Yeah, know maybe, that maybe that But too. yes, we, we know... Right. We can use our, our best judgment and common sense as to what we're saying there. So all this is just preface yeah. to talk about what actually is what, too, inf- too much information. What is TMI in our lives? And so can I give the background? Yeah, please. Came from? Yeah. Okay. So we've discussed the liturgist at length on this podcast. They have a podcast. They are patron saint podcast. They are. Um, the liturgists are awesome. Everybody go listen. Um, they are currently doing a series called Christian talking about whether or not they classify themselves and consider themselves to be Christian. They've had on uh, Rachel Held Evans, who is a author, a like, Christian author. Um, 
and they've talked to her about whether she considers herself Christian. She had they had Jennifer Knapp, who is a is a musician. She's a musician. Formerly a formerly Christian a Christian musician. Uh, all of this makes it sound like these people either are or are not Christian. They have very interesting answers. Anyway, I had a Jennifer Knapp CD when I was in college or in high school, which is really weird because Mormons don't listen to Christian music typically. Um, anyway, did you hear the then, teaser? For Richard Rohr? Yes. Yes. So they, they just put out part three today. And they, so um, the two hosts of the podcast are Science Mike and Vishnu Das. And they had their wives on the podcast. All of these people have gone through a faith crisis transition, whatever you want to call it, from their just evangelical fundamentalist Christian faith. And they realized that they didn't know if their wives considered themselves to be Christian. So they had their wives on. Anyway, the episode was fantastic. I already sent it to a couple people today because I felt like it was really important for some people in my life to listen to it. Or at least that they would appreciate it and enjoy it. Anyway, Science Mike, who is literally Google, he reads everything and knows everything. And I was hoping that I could get a response from him by the time we recorded this. I have not. But Did you try him on Twitter? So I didn't try him on Twitter, but he didn't tweet at all today. He was not active yeah. on Twitter today. They're traveling right now for their show. Anyway, they have all taken their children out of church and out of former, like former, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, organized religion. Science Mike doesn't religion. take his kids at all? So I don't believe he takes his kids. He, of the four of them, is the only one that attends church on any kind of a regular basis. And I don't believe he takes his kids. Oh, of the four of, of the, the four, couples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so William the, yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. No, no, no. But this is right. just Mike, Vishnu, and their wives. Right. So that none of them take their children. They have four children between them. And, and they don't take their kids to an organized church with any regularity. And Mike cited a study... And again, I'm going to try to find this because I need this for my own life. But he found, he has read a study that they, people who are raising their children, progressive and atheist specifically, atheist I think. specifically without, with the absence of any, again, organized religion, that these children have a higher percentage of growing up to be evangelical, fundamentalist religious people and i heard that and i texted you and said we have to go back to church i couldn't believe that you texted me that because that is a obviously that's a that's a taboo subject in our marriage i mean if there is anything that we don't talk about anytime i have somewhat of a feeling like oh maybe we should try this or that i don't talk about it anymore because i know how viscerally against it you are yeah and so we... to get that text from you i wasn't necessarily excited because i'm like this is serious information <laughs> i don't know what's happening right now and you later asked me would you really do it and i said if you told me that if i don't take my kids to church that they're going to find some so like evangelical it... or fundamentalist religion when they're adults I will 100% take them to church. I think it's specifically taking them to moderate religious organizations is, is what he, I think that those are the words he used. I don't know what that means, obviously. I don't either. So that's the problem is that we have tried to take our kids to a couple, we've tried three or four different congregations of various kinds and we haven't Well, I don't think that we, I don't, well, right. But I don't think we understand 
what fundamentalist right. evangelical I, Christianity looks like. We know what Mormonism looks like, and that's fundamentalist in a way. Right. But we don't know what... We don't know how bad it can be. So, I don't necessarily want to say it that way, but... So one of the reasons... So I sent the I sent this podcast to Kelsey, and one of the reasons I sent it to Kelsey is because she and I have had the conversation about the word fundamentalist and evangelical, and they even touched on the podcast about how fundamentalist has sort of like it has become interchangeable or has sort of overtaken the word evangelical. Really? Like they don't mean the same thing. Or right. Or they didn't used to or but, weren't intended to or whatever But they're using them interchangeably? But, I mean, I do. Because to me, and this is my own personal thing, like, if you are evangelical, if you are what I would call orthodox or orthoprax in any religion, I will call you fundamentalist. Like, that's just what that is to me. If you adhere to a strict set of rules and if you go to church every single Sunday, if you are trying to convert people to your religion, like all of these things, to me that's fundamentalist. I don't care what, I don't care if you're Christian, Jewish, uh, Mormon, Catholic, I don't care what it is, to me that is fundamentalist. Right. And I think that I would generally agree with that definition, but what I have learned not being Mormon anymore and listening to a lot of uh, formerly evangelical fundamentalist mainline Christians, I'll call sure. them. I do understand that I don't know how they refer to their church or how they define church and congregation. There's right. a lot of terminology that I have no so understanding somebody, so, of. So the liturgists have a Patreon, um, and I am a patron. And after every episode, they open up a thread on Patreon to have a discussion about the episode. So I went on today because I was specifically asking for Science Mike to ref- give give links or point me in a direction that will find where I can read about this study, so that I can know how just how just how soon and just how fervently I need to actually be trying to find a moderate church to take my children to. Anyway, there he has oh, already not, started looking. He has not responded yet, um, and I will. I, I believe he will. He's he's notorious for for responding to people. But there was also a lot of conversation about language and terminology. In fact, there was another ex Mormon on there who was like, "When I refer to the church, it was always just the Mormon church." Obviously, I know that's not what what's being referred to here. So, like when you guys say the church, what is it? Are you referring to? Like we don't know how broadly like. Baptists and and Methodists and Episcopalians and like we don't know from from the way that we were raised and from the framework that we have we don't know how much it's all included or not included or or what. so for the first time when I was hanging out with Mike last weekend we touched on this specific thing like I kind of asked him about it because he referred to church and because I couldn't their tell church, if it, I don't what what is their church well they have their well but or is so, it just non-denominational and then there's like non-denominational well, like so, there's so I don't, much I don't know that I understand it fully but my recent brand new understanding is that you can call your church like the physical place you go your church but then mainline christianity has a is also called the church. Okay. And that's so what I thought, right. And I think that's almost all encompassing. And the reason we don't understand it is because the way that a believer in Christ defines themselves is not the same way that Mormons do. Yeah. I'm still learning about right. this, but there's, there's a lot of different ideas about what that looks like. And 
who is Christian. And so I think that they're a little more all-encompassing because of that. Okay. Because believers in Christ are right. are one in some way or fashion. Right. I know that there is some disagreements between them and on and on. Anyway, so that's my okay. new so understanding. This information that I received on this podcast is too much information. Too much. Too much. I don't want this information. I don't want this. I don't want this information to be to I, know this. I don't want to know either that. I we don't want could, to know that we possibly might need to go to church. I don't want to know that. But now we do. But now we do. And other examples of too much information. All of the things that we learned about the church that we used to go to that then led us to leave. Right. Too much information. And the the interesting part about that was that we were learning these things kind of as we went. And there were some people that were feeding us information that as they learned it. We were all kind of... Doing, doing it, it together. together. Right. But in some instances, and not not few, there, there were a number of times <laughs> where I was fairly upset about learning this information yeah. from these people. Right. Because at some point during the transition, I thought to myself, I didn't want to know this. I could have just kept going on my way, right. Right. doing the thing that I do, right. and not thinking about this. So other times that there's too much... Imp- so I think... And I think you might have said this when we were talking about the topic earlier tonight, that too much information is, by definition, information that you can't ignore. That, yes. That causes you to act. That, now, that, one would argue that that is not too much information, that that is the exact right amount of information. Because right, I think I mean, about like the activism that I'm starting to get involved in and the just how my eyes have been opened to sexism and misogyny and the patriarchy and sexual assault and sexual violence and like all of these areas that I was just, I was blind to. I just was. And now I have too much information and it's causing me to act, which is really not a bad thing. It's just a hard so, thing. Right. It's just so a hard thing. It's a little bit facetious to say too much information. Right. It's not actually too much information what it is, is information from my privileged position that I didn't want to know. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily have to know. <laughs> and my life may have been, quote unquote, easier <laughs> not knowing right. it. So I recognize that the information is good and is important for me to have. It's just annoying. Yes. And I don't even want to say that. It's not even, that's not even true. But you've, I start to feel obligated to act. Because now I know things that yep. I can't unknow, nope. and I probably have to act on them. N- not that we always do, or in the quickest way, but these—I mean, some of these things are the things that keep coming up and causing existential yep. angst. I mean, some of them, everything. <laughs> but really, it's that I now know things that I can't ignore, and I need to act towards. And saying it's too much information is a privileged position to say. I'd rather go on with my blinders on yep. and live my happy little suburban life right. and not have to worry about these other things. So that's where it's, I mean, I, I don't know. I, the best conversations are the ones where I completely turn around in in the course of the conversation. Because now I'm like, nope, not too much information. <laughs> Just the right amount. I'm glad. Now I want everyone else to have all of this information so that they can be forced to act as well. 
Right, and I think that, that, I mean, that's part of being an evangelizer, right? Once you know the information, and all these people doing very good work, once you know information that you think is important, you share it with other people. And that that is good. It may require some difficult conversations and actions and cause some angst. Now I want to find a new term. For too much information? too much information. Just the right amount of information. (laughs) This information is going to be just okay. That's not or it. just That's not it. <laughs> this is going to be difficult to hear, but you need to know it because it will. Yeah, it will either make your life better, or maybe the lives of others better. Yeah, because if it is true that, and and we need to go through this study with a fine tooth comb. Yes, we do. But if it is all, true, I need all of the that our children I can get. So it's funny, right? Because we've talked about this I love specific that you thing. Already started booking them up. Of course, oh. you did. Well, Cody and I had a conversation months ago when he went to that cool church, uh, I'm not going to remember the name of it, in San Francisco, and like he sent me part of the sermon, he said the drummer looked like me, like, and so like I watched some of the video and some of the sermon, anyway, and I was like, where do you find these churches? He's like, I don't know, just Google weird churches, and then like, <laughs> he sent me a result for, uh, for the Bethesda United Methodist Church. Okay, so for reference, the churches that we have attended, we went to, and not because we really had any intent to like be to go regularly or be members, but we went to New Hope, which is a little bit on like the mega church side right. of things, just Christian, I guess. We don't know anything. I don't. We know just anything. know it's a very big building. There's soda available. Kids have fun stuff to There's do. There's like a slide and a ball pit. The kids yeah. loved it. And um, that's and then lots of music and like yeah. so. So we don't really know anything about it no, other than like just a lot it was, of it was. There's literal belief in Christ. Right, but which. Yeah, well, we don't need to get into that right now. I know, but, but we went mega there. Church, it's so mega we church went, feel. So we went to, to New Hope, which is like the mega church feel. We went to um, Unitarian Universalist. And we, we went, went there a, a few times. We went there a few times, and we actually thought that we might like make it happen there. And then there's another story for another time that just, it we couldn't do it. We also went to I'm not the ethical. Was it the free? Was it the no? It wasn't free thinkers. That's the uh, that's the meetup group that we've never been to. Oh, it was like the Society something, for Ethical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something ethics or, or ethical was in the name. We should probably get the name right. We could ask Britta and Joey. Yeah, they went know. with us. Um, I'll try to look it up while you. And I really about. liked the people that were there, and like the woman that did the the sermon, if you want to call it that, because it wasn't really a sermon. She talked about Harry Potter. It was like freaking awesome. Um, no, and the guy who was one? the guy who was the president was just like there in like his track pants, and he was super cool. We talked to him after. I don't know. It was pretty small, and like the kids liked it okay, but I think it's just called the Northern Virginia Ethical Society. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Anyway, we went there. I think it was just okay. It's hard with kids. Like that's the thing. Is like, well, it's, right to, to bring them to new places. I think that if we had gone to one and stayed there they they i mean they, they had fun at multiple multiples right. of them i think if we had gone and stayed it would have been fine it was too early yeah for I mean, us it's yeah, yeah, still us. too it's early still too early i don't know anyway none of none of our church experiences is important it was just a vehicle for the conversation um yeah it was too much information but now we're gonna put it to good use for or something just the right amount of information anyway 
Oh, wait. You said something about me looking up churches. Oh, I just, I just think it's funny that, like, I sent you one text about how I'm like, we have to go to church, and you, like, already started I love to up. research stuff. Well, and you, truthfully, have more of a desire to go back to church than I do. Yeah, and listening to these three podcasts specifically, like... Oh, the three-part Christian? Yeah, the three, yeah, the three parts. Like if anyone, it, I mean, seriously, they're, they're, this podcast is top-notch. It is, especially if you have any of these same kind of questions or... or thinking about these things but the way that science Mike talks about it and the way like and i know this is a thing for you the way they talk about singing together with people yeah and i, I don't know like I, I this is all in my mind it gets very like i don't know it gets very uh ideal in my mind very quickly and i know in reality right. that's that's not right. what it looks like but yeah. um we were headed down another path and i can't uh, remember where we were going before uh, you Made fun of me for looking up church. I didn't make fun of I'm you. I'm just, you made light of, that's all. I'm not, I'm not offended. I, I think I make people feel bad. You think so? I think I do. <laughs> I feel like I've gotten mis... Are you being sarcastic that of course I make people feel bad? No. Like, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just laughing that like you're saying this. Well, because like a few... Oh, whatever. There have been a few, I feel like, misunderstandings where people have thought I was being rude and I was not intending in any well, way to be rude. recently those are with teenagers, so yeah. they can misconstrue everything. And their brains aren't Although developed. Nat was offended when we laughed at her the other day. See? That's, a, that's another perfect example where like I laugh and someone thinks that I'm laughing at them and I'm like, no, I'm not laughing at you. Like, you were doing something that was like quirky or entertaining or funny and like my... I guess my only... I guess my only response... Is I either have, uh, I either laugh or I have reactive bitch face, as you call it. <laughs> no, emotive. Emotive. <laughs> I don't have resting bitch face, but as soon as you look at me or make a comment, I will be emotive and then the bitch face will come out. Right. EBF. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Well, that's that. Yeah, we were headed down a path, though. I don't know. I'm sorry. What's just okay about having too much information? The just okay, the just okay thing about having too much information is that then you're required to either think about it a lot, or act, or both. Yeah, yeah I concur. I I would say the same thing. It's it can make life both harder and more rewarding. I mean, just the information about the church and knowing that has made our lives harder in a yeah. lot of instances. But it's also made it a lot more rewarding, and we've learned a lot of things. We've grown closer together, you and I. Yeah. So there's a lot of good things that come out of having too much information. There are a lot of good things. But it's also And I would argue that there are a lot of good things that come out of all kinds of too much information. Even bullshit, my period, and how often I poop stories. Right. Good things come of that, too. Right. I mean... I don't think anyone benefits from... Being open and vulnerable. Yeah. Just be a real person. Just be a real person. Just show and show the people in your life who have earned the right to see who the real person is. Show the people in your life that you're a real person. Stop with the small talk. We won't get into that. Oh, that's Andrew. A future a future episode will feature the great Andrew. Andrew. Oh man, that's gonna be good. Yeah, I think I think that's it. I want to go back to what we were. I'm sorry, I All ruined right. it. We will have to figure it out later. Uh, oh yeah, that's our that's our divider. Um, I thought we were just making cool noises. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, 
Oh, that just reminded me of when Lisa and Vishnu started making like funny sounds. Oh yeah, and Mike like, and they're Jenny like doing like, like a speaking in tongues thing or something. Oh, was that what they were doing? I don't know. They he okay, said that this they... isn't a podcast reviewing another podcast. <laughs> Go listen to it. It's so good. Um, homework. Homework. Your homework is to find that study. Yeah. About. So I googled random church. words that was ho- that, and I was hoping it would lead me to something, and all it led me to was a Patheos article written by a guy who was fundamentalist and yeah but not it, raising it was it was a good article but it wasn't really what a, I was talking a good about. uh personal experience it didn't yeah, sure, give sure, a lot sure. of yeah no there stats. was no there was no stats or like official information right yeah um okay so that's my homework is to get that to get that information and right. to hopefully discover that it's all bullshit yeah that it's not true it's not true we it's don't have to not. take our kids right um I don't think I have any other... Well, I don't know if I have any other homework. Oh, okay. I can't think of any homework for myself. Um, okay. Would you like to assign me anything? I think you... (laughs) Science homework was what I was writing down. (laughs) That's not going to be the right thing. Um, I'm going to ask you the the follow-up writing question that I had. And your homework will be to answer this. What was the earliest memory that you have of liking writing or wanting to write or thinking about writing? Don't answer now. This That's is your homework. homework. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. We got anything yeah, I think, else? I think, Do you feel good about it? I think that's good. We're going to record again before you go on your trip. Right. So I don't need to give you any homework for that yet. But All right. I think there will be some. Yeah, we're good. Thanks for listening. 